0: yeah
1: hello and welcome back to the cow Shein podcast i'm joined as always by matt we're back chamberlain how you doing matt
0: i'm good the extended all-star break was a uh, family friendly for us it was good good um so i'm glad to be back though well rested
1: yeah very well rested we're like anthony davis just <laughs> all the rest possible <laughs>
0: hey, no one needs us though right
1: yeah, we not, we're not that important to anybody's championship aspirations. Um, you know, it's neither here nor there. But the best news that I've heard today is that my boy Aaron Rodgers is turning to the Packers for an undisclosed amount of money. I, we don't know. I'm sure he'll do all the research he needs and then make the best decision for himself.
0: <laughs> I, I was going to ask. I didn't know if the pod was going to
1: be the appropriate place or not
0: like are you happy
1: i i mean like you know i i've just i'm emotionally dead on the inside about the sports thing now you know the oklahoma state cowboys have just taken it out of me and then the packers disappointing seasons and then you know kevin durant essentially everyone leaving the oklahoma state thunder i i don't think i could take another one of those breakups um so i i think i'm happy
0: would you have been happy if the Packers would have traded him similar to the Seattle Seahawks trading Russell Wilson today and getting that massive haul back?
1: Uh listen, as I say on this podcast, as we say on this podcast, uh cap space and draft picks are nice, but they don't they don't come up with wins most of the time, you know? So I think the Packers can win. I mean, you're playing Detroit the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago bears who seem can't seem to get out of their own way. So you're walking walking into eight wins, uh, maybe seven and you know, you're, you're essentially guaranteed the division there and a playoff spot. So I, I feel, I feel good. NFC is down, you know, you gotta feel confident about these things, Matt.
0: Any, uh, any sympathy for Jordan love?
1: Yeah, he. Uh, it's time to trade him. Maybe Seattle is looking for a quarterback. Um,
0: uh, pass. I mean, <laughs> sorry, it might
1: be good. It might, might be the next
0: Aaron Rodgers.
1: But yeah, probably. I maybe the Giants. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, who knows what Jordan Love would fetch? Maybe like a third round pick. But um, like I, you know, maybe get something for him and get like some other dude as backup and go for the go from there
0: yeah make Aaron Rodgers happy that's
1: what yeah we're yeah. I mean that's that's the thing that was holding them up from winning a championship right
0: exactly <laughs> that's all
1: anyways back to the NBA this is the NBA podcast we're here we're excited to be back this is episode 135 uh, if you haven't already follow us on our social media follow on Instagram and Twitter if you haven't already uh, follow and subscribe to our podcast feed on apple podcast spotify google play and stitcher etc etc the podcast platform of your choice if you will the last time we we talked matt we were talking about all the trades we talked about post trade deadline we haven't done any content post all-star break we've been uh, consumed with watching basketball because it's all basketball now there's a there's no other sports no Olympics happening now.
0: Shout out Rob Manford.
1: Yeah, thanks for uh thanks for giving us uh, no baseball. Giving what the people wanted. He's a man of the people, you know? Real MVP. <laughs> Anyways, this topic, Matt. So I was I was uh sitting around thinking about what we could do for a return to the pod after being away. And I was thinking, you know, this season has felt kind of wild in a lot of different ways, whether it's James Harden asking out from Brooklyn without really asking out from Brooklyn, from Zion being ready for the start of the season. Now we're a month away from the season being over and he still hasn't played just of a, a variety, a plethora, if you will, of shocking developments. So my thought was let's do a shocking development draft mm-hmm. on this podcast um, are, I'm going to list all of the things that we have. We tried to touch on every single team here. Uh, some we don't, we don't touch on. And uh, that's because we're not shocked. Like we're not going to put on this list that the next suck because we were not, we were, we were expecting that to happen. Right.
0: Maybe the next didn't expect it to happen. But we knew it was going to happen.
1: <laughs> and if you're keeping track of home, we're like under 10 minutes into this podcast and already just crapping on the Knicks. So uh that's 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 a running podcast thing here uh so i'm gonna list all of these things off right and then we're gonna draft them are you ready yeah okay so i'm just gonna list these off really quickly john making the leap to a top 15 guy zion quote-unquote being ready for the start of the season and still not playing lakers stinking slash we all hate russ the center position making a comeback. Embiid, Jokic, and Giannis all in the NBA pre-race. That's one thought. Celtics sucking the not sucking. The Hawks being terrible. James Harden not wanting out of Brooklyn, but definitely wanting out of Brooklyn. Warriors being good, then being bad. Andrew Wiggins being an all-star starter. Matt, an all-star starter. I know. I know. Heat getting the one in the East. Brooklyn's meltdown. Kings trading the best player. James Wiseman is missing in action. The Kristaps trade, Suns is are the best team in the West. The Wolves being good, the Pistons finding their guy Kate Cunningham. The Bulls are good. Darius Garland making the leap. Charlotte is just fine. The CJ trade and RJ Barrett as a guy.
0: Sounds great. Uh, Lots of stuff.
1: Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff happening. Some of it on court. Some of it off court. We have a good variety of things, you know um so let's let's get this draft started. so the purpose of this is to you know when we look at our list, who has the most shocking stuff on their list right once we once we finish this draft, Matt, I will do the honors of giving you the first pick, okay,
0: see, I'm very nervous because pre pre recording you said you felt like you' had a very obvious number one overall pick, yeah. And I think I do, but I don't. I don't know for certain that I do. And okay. so I'm like worried about to pull like an Anthony Bennett here and like <laughs> <laughs> pick someone that like is not supposed to go in the top ten of this. Um, and again, this is the shocking draft. So similar to the Knicks comment earlier, is like if we kind of expected it. Like I'm not gonna pick it, you know?
1: Right. So right.
0: All right, number one on my draft board was the lead bullet point in this section, which is John Morant making the leap to being a top 15 guy. Ooh. To me, has been the most shocking development of the NBA season so far.
1: So. I, I, I kind of agree with that. His job making the leap is I mean, it was a shot. We were all talking about the Grizzlies as like a play it team. And now all of a sudden they're going to be what a top four seed? Uh probably yeah. the two or three.
0: I'll say the right Golden State's going, uh, definitely going to be a top three, if not even two. Uh, so what we're gonna do then is after each pick, we'll kind of explain where we're coming from here. And so Yeah, the Memphis, like, again, I was personally wasn't very high on Memphis. That's why this is that shocking me. I had them as a playing team. Um, Transforming a team is incredibly hard to do. Like changing the perception of a franchise is, I mean, it's what every team drafting like the top three hopes to happen when you get a guy and with Memphis and John Morant, this has happened. Like now Memphis is cool. Like everyone's watching jaw highlights. Like he's like the most viewed like NBA content on like Instagram and Twitter now. And Memphis games are like being like leading sports center. Like who in the world would have imagined that, especially considering like, if we're being completely honest, it's not really like this superstar number two guy we like their team, like basketball junkies really like the Memphis Grizzlies from Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, through some of like more vet guys like Steven Adams, um, and then down to more of their like, you know, young bench, fringy guys of Tyus Jones and Zaire Williams and Brandon Clark and all these other guys, Uh, like that's a decent team But Ja taking this leap and taking Memphis on his back with them to being like a national name now is just absolutely wild to me. Like in no way did we expect this from Ja. It's maybe what we expected from Zion, but it's not what we expected from Ja. And to do it the way he's doing it and getting all the, um, you know, young Russ comps, Derek Rose comps. Um, he's even got like the idea of like Allen Iverson of like how he just made basketball cool again is remarkable to me. So it's not just that he's a top 15 talent. It's how he transformed the Memphis Grizzlies this year is why he's my number one pick in the shocking
1: development draft. I like it. I like it. John making the leap is just, I mean, he's to say like. Yeah. I feel like some people might think top 15 is not that big of a deal. It's a big deal. Like when you list out your top 10 guys and he might be even closer to 10 than 15, you know, and mm-hmm. he's in the MVP conversation.
0: Like he's so definitely for this, like if we're just focusing on this one season, right. And he's like the top 10.
1: Right. And that's the impressive thing. And I, I, I would agree with you, but Matt, with my first pick, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go a team melting down. And that's the Brooklyn Nets. The Check. Brooklyn Nets melting down is just one of the craziest things to me. This team was supposed to win a championship. They were supposed to walk into a championship last season. Why did they win a championship? James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. Let's, <laughs> let's be real. This whole Ben Simmons thing is too up in the air. We, I've said it on podcasts in the past, for teams to win a championship, you all have to be from the very top of the organization down to the freaking film people. All have to be on the same page for eight months, and you all have to be driven toward that one goal. There is absolutely no way that the Brooklyn Nets are going to make all of that happen between now and the beginning of June when the cha- or when theoretically they would be in the finals. They have Kevin Durant, one of the best players in the league. They have Kyrie Irving, one of the best players in the league. And Ben Simmons, who potentially could be a really good player, right? The last time we saw Ben Simmons, he was having, like, a meltdown in the playoffs. And, like, this is, like, you need him to be an awesome player and do that very quickly. And he hasn't played since, what, July, August? But that's, that's not why I'm taking this number one. I'm taking this Brooklyn meltdown. I was at that Celtics. I watched the Celtics nets in person. That was the best basketball team I've ever seen in my entire life. The Celtics had no idea what was happening. All of a sudden, Bruce Brown was wide open under the basket all the time. Kevin Durant. It was like Kevin Durant had like 40 points. Kyrie Irving had 40 points. James Harden had like 20 assists. There were no, There were zero answers. That team should have walked into a championship, Matt, and a sprained ankle and a bad hamstring. And now they're not even a thing anymore. That is the most wild development in a 12 month span that I can think of. Those three guys played 16 games together. 16.
0: I totally understand everything you're saying here. Totally understand. And you're right, the in person viewing of them makes this different. And I mean, getting to watch it on TV too, like, it, there's a reason, like, they were a lot of people's finals pick this year, at least to make it. And that includes me too. Um, I had them coming out of the East. The only reason I'm not shocked by this as a Celtics fan, <laughs> I know where is. you're going with this. I've read this book before, right? <laughs> Seen this movie, been to this play. Tyree Irvin, again, this isn't all his fault. But for some reason, this dude just, he, he brings it with him. Whatever this thing is, this just, you know, cloud of destruction. And wherever he goes, it follows him. And... Do I think Brooklyn should have been able to stay together, accomplish the goal, win a championship? Obviously, yes. Last year, obviously, had the injuries. This year, you know, hamstrings or not, Um, along with the COVID bit. Like, there is just – it doesn't shock me anymore when just weird, bad things happen to or around Kyrie Irving. Just kind of is a thing now. It's just established, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, like it, it's kind of like you said, it's followed him wherever he's gone. It's just wild to me that like, just the, it's such a game of inches, right? Like if Kyrie doesn't sprain his ankle, they probably built beat Milwaukee. Rick Carlisle's all of a sudden the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> Giannis doesn't have that incredible finals and like the nets are probably champions and we, uh, like a bunch of questions we have about a lot of different teams and a lot of different players are answered james harden all of a sudden doesn't get traded to the sixers so the ben simmons things probably still playing out yeah and i it's just I, there's so many ripple effects from this one thing that we're going to be feeling this for the next like 5 years
0: yeah. No, we definitely are. Like this, it's actually a pretty massive, like, what if you know, in definitely recent NBA history, if not on a grander scale, from that too. Okay, I'm gonna go to my. Are we snaking this?
1: Uh, no. We'll z- We'll back. we'll go back and forth. Go yeah,
0: yeah. On. All right. My next pick here is going to be – I don't know. I don't know where you had this. You may not even have this on your board. I don't know. The Chicago Bulls are good. I know they've technically fallen off a little bit because of injuries. Like, you know, okay. But they're, like, legitimately good. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, get my Celtics, picking it up, whole thing. There are other teams I could probably fear more but I do not want to play the Chicago Bulls in the playoffs, like at all. This is like how I would used to get terrified with like the John Wall, Bradley Beal wizards. Mm -hmm. Like why is this going to seven games and being so stressful, you know, through those first six. That's how I feel like with Chicago, like they're good. And like, Again, don't feel like we hated the Demar contract, but to expect it to come together like it has with Levine and Vucevic and Caruso, um, and even being good through the, you know, Patrick Williams injury and everything, like I, I just didn't know that it was going to come together like this. And I thought I think I had them finishing. I was like the six, which is I think about where they are right now. Anyway but it's like they were like the one two and just a few injuries have knocked them back down i kind of thought it'd be like a first kind of like the celtic season like the first 20 30 games are just like a feeling this out period like you know 15 and 15 you know ish and then after a while you start figuring things out together putting it all um together and then like you end up as, like, wow, is this, like, kind of the surprise, like, up-and-coming team, um, and no, they, they've just been good all year, like, it mm. happened so fast, and mm. credit to Billy Donovan, credit to some of those other guys on that roster, you know, really finding how to be the glue guys, but most importantly, like, credit to, like, DeMar DeRozan for just absolutely having, like, the greatest season of his career, and Zach Levine, like, near perfectly figuring out how to fit alongside of him. Like I, I just didn't expect it.
1: Yeah, I remember us talking in our preseason podcast about like I th- we're talking about the ceiling for the Bulls as like not playing in the plan. Yeah. And they're awesome. like four five six. They're probably I mean they I don't I don't think Cleveland can catch them but if they get some of their guys back, like if Caruso comes back, if ball comes back, like they could be a legit, legit right. threat in the playoffs. I don't know if they can win a title. I don't think I would go that far, but probably not. They can win a round, maybe two. I mean, it, it, we say it all the time. You're sprained ankle away from playing into June, you know, like, right. it, why,
0: yeah. Why not them being like the Hawks of this season? You know, right.
1: right. And at that, it's, I, i'm mad at you for picking that because that was going to be my like third pick mm. i was going to try to hold on to that for a minute but uh you're clearly with it tonight matt so right. props to you props to you my second pick um i audibly gasped at my phone like three times during the season and this was Probably the one that alarmed my wife the most, so I think I have to go number two with this, and that's Andrew Wiggins being named an All Star starter. Yeah,
0: that one was coming up.
1: Um, I I think we look back at this as like he he did what he started. Are we sure was that a fill-in? Oh no, that he was just picked from the start to start. Oh boy, um. I just don't think that we'll look back on that and go, okay, well, that that was the right decision there. I think we'll look at all the guys who were in that game and kind of question why Wiggins was a starter. Uh, He's kind of fallen off in the last, what, month, month and a half now uh, since Draymond's been out. And that that's alarming. And I think some of his stats will reflect that at the end of the season. But definitely, uh, I mean, there's not much else to say about this. Like an all-star starting spot is, I don't know, in the grand scheme of things, not that great. But I think we'll look back in like ten years and being be like, oh my god, I can't believe Andrew Wiggins is an all, was an all-star starter.
0: An all-star, period.
1: Right. Um,
0: all-star yeah. <laughs> right. He didn't deserve to be like. DeJounte Murray you know was like the last like injury replacement it's like that dude deserved it way more than Andrew Wiggins I know they're technically different positions again not to go down that whole bit again
1: but uh, yeah like who
0: actually had Andrew Wiggins like that high you know
1: so the crazy thing is like I remember going back and listening to all the podcasts I've subscribed to and not a single person had Andrew Wiggins as a starter Um, so (laughs) It's just the craziest thing i i mean the fan vote is just kind of crazy i guess and that that's that that may be the overall point here is that we need to mute the fan vote when it comes to all star starters yes. um but anyways that's definitely my number two pick i just i i know there's more there might be crazier stuff but that's when i gasped at my phone the loudest this yeah. season
0: okay my next one here uh, going back similar to my first one. I'm going with Darius Garland and mm. fighting Cleveland Cavaliers, taking a leap this season. Um to like to be completely honest, like to a degree that absolutely nobody thought was gonna like happen. Like there, there are definitely like a few people here and there, why like, they were like, are are they a playoff team? And or like a playing team, but like they've pretty consistently been in like the top five of the East all year in terms of standings. Now, again, kind of mentioned them earlier in like saying, don't really know if we're like scared of them like any team, you know, but like they're definitely a thorn in your side. And yeah. in particular, Darius Garland is I like very, very good. Like if we would have done at like preseason, like rank, you know, the top 20 NBA point guards, you know, I know point guard kind of a, you know, I don't know, not, not quite the same um, as we would have described a point guard years ago. So like is Luca a point guard, is Kate a point guard, like is James Harden a point guard, all that. But like the idea of being like ranked top 20-ish NBA point guards, I don't know if he's on the list. Like for most people, or like definitely not in the top like fifteen at even his position group. Now he's an all star. Now he's leading the Cavs into like a top half of the East playoff seed. Now like the entire offense is run through him. Like there, yeah. there's honest to god like not a lot of other like offensive hubs on that team, especially with like Rubio who was playing well then getting hurt um, and. So it's like I I'm shocked that he took this type of step and maintained it. Maybe that's the way I want to phrase this. Yes, Does he can make that leap for like thirty games and then kind of fall back. No, he he's just like a top ten NBA point guard now.
1: Yeah that that leap. I mean, it has been awesome to watch. Uh, the Cavs have been maybe the best story in the NBA this year, and mm-hmm. he's been a big part of it. So, yeah, I mean, him making the leap is just – and sustaining it. It's not – it wasn't like a 10-game stretch, 15-game stretch. It was through the whole season and through all those injuries is just beyond impressive.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so is this my number three pick? Yeah. So the number three pick. I mean, it shouldn't really be surprising, but it kind of is the Kings trading away their best no. player.
0: This one doesn't shock me at all.
1: It... <laughs> uh, it shocks me just because it's like, it's the most Kings thing ever, but it's not the most Kings <laughs> thing ever. You know, like we're, <laughs> we're talking about a guy who put up, like, 40 points and, like, I don't know, eight assists or something like that in a road game against maybe one of the best teams in the East. And, like, two and a half weeks later, he's getting traded to a different team after the the Kings were uh, adamant, adamant, Matt, that they were not trading this guy for to get into the play-in. Like, that's that's ultimately the reason why... um, I think we look back at this trade in, like, four, four to six years and just just rag on it. Like, it's going to be the James Harden trade of the Kings. Um, I think Halliburton has a good chance to be not only an all-star, but someone who could maybe carry a team to a playoff round win. And I don't know if you can say that about Sponis. Um, yeah. So and that's just the crux of it, right? Like, why are you trading that guy? And it's the—I'll never forget seeing that notification because it was like the only trade that happened that day, and it wasn't even up against the deadline. There wasn't right. really like there was more time to kind of feel out that deal. And I—I'll never forget where I was when that notification came across my phone.
0: The. The fact that it happened, you're right. Like a couple days prior to the deadline, and it'd be like, did they seriously? Not just did they do, it, did they do it today, right? And not like, kind of like, you know, leak it out there and then get other teams to like come calling them. Like, but again, like the Kings' incompetence, like, like does a bear poop in the woods? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm just. Like, the, yeah, like it just is what it is at this point. Like, Sacramento needs to. We talk about like New Orleans needing to be a team that really debates. but for the love of God, we're moving the Sacramento Kings to Las Vegas or Seattle or something. Like, we're done with Sacramento. We're, we're over this. We talk about Kyrie Irving, Ky, you know, bringing a you know, thundercloud with him wherever he goes. The, the Kings just are a thundercloud. Like they're they're just a rainy day every day.
1: They're know? the EOR of the NBA, is what you're
0: saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's 100% true though. We gotta get this team to the craps table. Uh, we got I don't know what we gotta get we gotta do, but we gotta get this team out of Sacramento. I'm so over them because I'm I'm to the point of feeling bad for every player that gets drafted by Sacramento now or traded to Sacramento. Like, it's just an abysmal situation because this is just the kind of stuff they do now. So, I don't... I'm not shocked by this one, but it's, like, almost, like, painfully comical at this point for me.
1: Yeah, I just... the 16 seasons without a winning season. Uh, I, I mean, that's... Locked up. I, I just... <laughs> I don't know what you do with the Sacramento Kings. Like, I I think I had a, a a segment on this podcast earlier in the season where we talked about how, like, if you're the Kings, you really don't want to make any moves because you kind of have a really good chance to make the play and And they make this move, and they're still not in the play.
0: <laughs> like,
1: they get past. They're bunch passed.
0: Bunch injuries. And, like, yeah, they're like, I mean, I don't know. I guess they're not out of it yet, but. Kind of out of it.
1: They're uh-huh. like what four, four games back? Four games back in uh, New Orleans.
0: Surging, yeah. New Orleans Pelicans now. Uh, and, heck, even the fighting Portland Trailblazers are half a game up on them. Um the closer are
1: closer to Oklahoma City than they are the Pelicans at this point.
0: The Pelicans are two games up on them. Um, no. Well, no, yeah, they're four games up on them. Sweet Jesus, even the Spurs are in front.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like this is, it's, yeah, three games
0: up on the Thunder.
1: This yeah. is this is a nightmare. Like this this trade, I'm telling you, maybe it's not. I it was shocking for me. It, it just might be one of the worst worst trades we look back at because uh, Sabonis really could leave in like two years. Oh yeah, like, and you watch. had Halliburton on a contract for probably seven. So,
0: yeah, that's that's rough. Um, deserved though, I, I don't. <laughs> whatever inspires change, Ryan. At this point, um, it's my personal political sports. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, all wrapped up in one sentence. There. Um, okay, so we'll go to my fourth pick now. And going here towards the bottom of the list, the CJ McCollum trade, Ryan,
1: mm-hmm. it,
0: that one sent me um, only because, you know, I'm, like, if I had to pick, like, a second favorite team in the league, like, behind Boston, like, just for the heck of it, I would probably just say Portland, just who like Portland. Like Damian Lillard, CJ is good. Like Nurk, like it just seems like a cool dude. I, I don't know. Just Portland is kind of, would kind of be my team. And so when they did this, I was kind of like, oh no, this is the beginning of the end. Mm. Like, you know, like an Anthony Simons has been like cool and fun and whatever. Like he plays absolutely zero defense. Um, Like I love like when like Kirk Goldberry, Kirk Goldsberry, and different um, analytics people like that put out like little charts and stuff of like efficiency and everything. And I mean, Simons is like all the way at the bottom of it. Like it's like him and Trey Young fighting for like the literal worst defensive player in the league. Um, But when I saw this CJ trade, it was like they're tearing it down, and then proceeded not to tear it down. But then coming back to CJ Trade, like doing, like getting nothing for him. Mm. I was like, what on God's green earth do you think you're doing? Because you ain't doing it well. Like, I don't know. Wh- whatever direction you're trying to send this franchise in, you're sucking at it. Mm. Um, now we see CJ McCollum in, in, in New Orleans. I, I mean, looks like an all-star again. Like, just absolutely sending this team up, the surging up the standings. Might just pass the Lakers at this point for the nine. Uh, They they probably will. They probably will. (laughs) At this point, they're probably too far back to catch the Clippers at eight. But, I mean, they're a game and a half back of the Lakers, and they've been beating the Lakers pretty handily every time they play them, led by C.J. McCollum. Honest to God, there's like a running point with C.J., and we're putting Herb and Brandon Ingram and Valanchunas and Jackson Hayes and whatever other dude around them. And they're just, like, good. This
1: sent me, Ryan. It's uh, it's shocking, but it's also kind of not shocking at the same time. Um, they
0: could have done this for the last, like, three years, though.
1: Yeah, that's kind of the point. So that's, much more. That's, that's the not shocking part is, like, We've been talking about CJ McCollum as like a a trade asset, trade piece for like, it seems like 10 years. But um, then you did it for this. And, and then, yeah, you did it for kind of nothing. Um,
0: nothing, no, nothing.
1: <laughs> it's just like, it's it's, again, it's kind of like, it's the most Portland thing ever. It's like you have this cool thing and you're just wasting it. Like I, uh, the one Western Conference Finals and how many years with Dame and CJ is, it's really sad. Um, I you know that that part of it's sad and it's unfortunate, but I think CJ is on a great spot now, right? Like whenever oh, Zion sure, for CJ, whenever but... Zion comes back, like legitimately, Jonas, CJ, uh, Zion. Brandon Ingram mm-hmm. is just going to be, I mean, that freaking lineup with Jackson Hayes is killing people. It's like 120 points per like offensive rating or whatever yeah. it is. And it's like one of the best offenses in the league. Um, if you've been considering the last like 15 games and, you know, and Zion in that mix and you're going to be really great. And I I think this team ha- could have something if they get Zion back.
0: I do too. It's just, I think it's the Portland part.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's the shocking piece. Not right? that I thought
0: Neil Olshay was good. And obviously, like, they have this interim guy who, you know, no one knows who he is. Like, just to have the balls to do something like this and then do it so poorly. Just, I get, I, I, I don't know if I've recovered from this one still. It's been like a month now. <laughs> still think I'm, like, I'm over
1: it. It's, it's odd seeing CJ in a Pelican scene form. I will weird. add that, too. Very weird. That's kind of a shocking piece that. Alright, uh, so this is my fourth pick now. Yeah. The Hawks mm. just being a dumpster fire this year. Mm.
0: They were on my list of draftable uh, bullet
1: points. Um, they are the currently the 10th fighting for a play-in. They are... A game and a half up on the wizards, Matt, <laughs> for staying in the play. The non-Bradley Beal Wizards. What is happening in Atlanta? They trade away Cam Reddish for like nothing just because uh, Hunter is fine, Herder is fine. Yeah, John yeah. Collins is hurt. Trey Young still doesn't do anything except stand at half court. When he's off the ball. Clint Capella is fine. What the heck is wrong with this team? This team was making the Eastern Conference Finals. They were supposed to be a top four seed this year. And now they're fighting to make the plan? Are you kidding me? This is like a, just kind of a dumpster fire of a season for them. In more ways than not, they trade away an asset they had in 2019 because they didn't want to pay them. Yeah. And... What do you do? What do you do here?
0: Yeah, the reason this was on my list is because I know coming into the year, like, again, I put the Hawks very high um, on my, like, where will they finish? Because I just, and again, I think we've made it pretty clear, like, we're not the biggest our young fans. um, Not just because of the OU thing, but like he just, he doesn't do a lot. Besides, like when they let him just chuck it. And I still had them pretty high though, because I liked their team. Like,
1: right. all those guys
0: are like good. Right. Like, they're all starting level guys, especially like when they're healthy and playing. I'm doing wrong, like they dealt with some injuries, but like still have other guys like Gallo or Okongwu like, coming off the bench. Like Okongwu
1: has been really good this year. Yeah.
0: It's not like the Bulls where it's like, do they have more than six like legit NBA players and like the bulls have still figured it out with like DeMar and Zach Levine when one or both of them have been on the court, the Hawks, like it doesn't matter how many good NBA players like they can put on the court. Like they just can't figure it out right now, which is shocking because like I generally like the guys they have, like I'd be pretty happy if any one of those guys were like on the Celtics, like, you know, besides Trey, I didn't because I'm just not a Trey fan, but like any other guys, like on their contract on the Celtics, I'd be perfectly happy with it.
1: I mean, yeah, John, we talk about all the time how good John Collins is. Yeah, I'm I'm just shocked at how they went. I thought they figured some stuff out in the playoffs. I thought Trey figured some stuff out in the playoffs. Their team had a good pecking order. It's kind of reminiscent re- reminiscent of that those Celtics teams that made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, maybe a bit too early and then kind of came out the next season weren't as good. I mean, they were a candidate to be that team, but I just thought they kind of had figured some stuff out and they really just haven't haven't it hasn't translated to the regular season. Maybe they're bored you can make the argument that they're bored with the regular season, but it's not That's... like you've done anything in the regular season though. Like it's not like you're the Bucks who have won a championship and don't necessarily need to take it seriously, you know. Um, you so, haven't earned anything
0: yet. Like you right. don't to say that,
1: right? And I, if I had to ch- choose between like the Grizzlies making like this awesome leap or like the Hawks being bad, I would almost be as shocked about the Hawks being bad more than the Grizzlies being good. if mm. that makes sense?
0: Mm. Yeah, it makes sense. I don't agree, but, like, it makes sense. I mean, the Hawks, like, even Nate McMillan's, like, a good coach.
1: Well, that's the thing. That's – we thought, like, it was the coach, you know? It was the coaching situation because they made that change and then Nate was awesome And the towards the end of the regular season. And then the Hawks were – I mean, was it just the Hawks playing teams that were going to collapse no matter what? It just happened that they collapsed against –
0: yeah i the mean i'm to draw the Knicks, right like right know, we knew the nixon wasn't gonna work in the playoffs like we knew that like our intramural college team could have played the Knicks. The <laughs> oh god but uh and then philly like again the famous ben simmons bit so who knows that one would have happened against other teams or not but you know them making this second round really wasn't surprising last year based off of their matchup, so I don't mm. know. Uh, okay, so we each have one left. So I'm I'm gonna go with. You talked about the the Nets at the beginning. I'm gonna bring it back to the Nets here at the end for me, which was the separate bullet point. So I'm allowed to draft it. James Harden, wanting out, not wanting out. However, you wanna say he went to all the Brooklyn strip clubs and was looking for some new ones. Um, I do really we want to phrase that. James Harden not being a
1: Brooklyn net by the
0: end of the season.
1: Shop. I mean, I didn't even have that. Like, if you told, if I went back in time and told, like, the October version of myself that that was going to happen, I think I would have. We would have just fought to the death, like right there. Like I just don't believe. Like imagine some guy at like just out at a restaurant, and you're talking basketball, and he's like, "Yo, James Harden should not isn't going to be on the Brooklyn Nets." Like what? It's shocking, right?
0: Ridiculous. Um, kind of surprised this one made it this far. I mean, you kind of talk about the Nets one though, but we did put it as a separate point here, and what doesn't shock me is James Harden being uh, no I gotta pick my words right here um, being an individual who forces his way out of a situation that he's just like tired of like, yeah. like he's like I'm bored or not even bored but like I don't like this and so it's like okay like you're just gonna walk out you know or in his case tank on the court um like four
1: points four points against the kings like a week before the trade
0: yeah like that part doesn't like completely shock me that like he does that kind of stuff because we've literally seen him do it before (coughs) excuse me but him making the decision that like yeah kevin durant's not the guy i want to hitch my wagon to like that, that's pretty shocking considering like, you know, KD from your Oklahoma city days, you, I mean, you can say like Philly was always the first choice. Like, no, you wanted to go to Brooklyn. Like you, you said it at the time you wanted to go to Brooklyn, you could have gone to Philly, like, to mm-hmm. be honest, like you could have, like you could have told them, no, like I'm not going to Brooklyn. Um, and when the trade was initially happening, you wanted to go there. And obviously the Kyrie thing has been frustrating. Like, who wouldn't be frustrated by that? But, like, again, Brooklyn, while I don't love, like, their full team roster, like, has NBA players on it. Like, it does. So I'm shocked that it got so bad that he said, you know what, I want to go to Philly. Joel Embiid, Doc Rivers that whole bit and that's going to be better for me than brooklyn like that's what shocks me
1: are you more shocked that the fat suit didn't have dust on it or
0: (laughs) i guess that's another part of this is the disrespect to be like do like no you should have like come back to philly or come into philly and like still been like slightly out of shape like a couple games and then be like okay i got my sea legs back under me whole bit you know no he just came in like literally like he lost 15 pounds had been in the weight room like two hours a day every day and like doing cardio for the other you know 22 hours a day like
1: as spry as as spry as ever
0: yeah like how did that happen like why couldn't that have happened in a nets jersey like with Kevin Durant and Steve Nash and the rest of that team, like you could have done this, right? Like, you know, you could have done this with Brooklyn. You just didn't feel the reason to. It's like when you're like dating a girl and you're like, yeah, this is like, she's like a good girlfriend. Like, you know, we we could, you know, get married or something one day. And then you're just like, but you know what? I'm just, you know, and you go finally you dump her and like go get a new girlfriend, but like, you like kind of perk back up and start doing nice things for the girl all over again and get the
1: flowers, that. you know, yeah, do the yeah. Valentine's do Day thing
0: door yeah. pull her chair out and all that. It's like it's gonna wear off again. Like it is right. it's just like you needed to for some reason having a good situation, like leave it just because you were like bored, you're done with it, and then like you kind of like rejuvenated yourself from the next relationship. You didn't, it didn't have to be this way, but you made it this way, and it's just kind of crappy because it's like you get paid to do this, like you get paid to play basketball, and you're like, you know what? I don't feel like playing here. You all, you just kind of suck to me. So, (laughs) deuces,
1: I'm out, just like the uh the blatant lie too is my favorite part of it. Right. Like the, the Philly was always my first choice. No, it wasn't like, just don't, don't stop, stop, James. Like, just stop. Like it's like Paul George saying that he was dreamed of always playing, being a Clipper and playing for the Clippers. Just, just stop. No, you didn't.
0: You did not know. know that James Harden, you did not know. I mean, go before last season before Embiid, like honest to God, full took over the league. You did not know that's the guy like, and it, that guy's knees were the ones you wanted to be a part of. Like you did not know like, Oh God, I really want to go join a Doc Rivers team again and choke a 3-1 lead. Like you did not know that going in. Like that that's what you wanted to like be a part of. Right. That was Brooklyn on purpose.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine anything bad happening to a historically bad player in crunch time and a historically bad coach joining up to be on a team that has been historically bad in crunch time. I just can't imagine anything Ooh. bad happening to them in the playoffs at all. Anyways, uh, my last pick. Oh, God. I feel like I really botched this draft, Matt. I, I, looking oh. back at my picks, has not been great. Um. I'm going to take the Lakers stinking here.
0: Mm. That was my, that was my next step.
1: I, uh, I have to eat crow on this because I think I had the Lakers picked as one or two in the regular season. And yeah, I, uh, I did too.
0: I, I did also.
1: And that just has not worked out, you know? Uh, and man, I, I thought the rust thing would kind of work out in the regular season. I thought they would hit their biggest road uh, roadblocks in the postseason, and they have. We haven't even got to that point, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Anthony Davis really not sh- making an appearance for the regular season has kind of hampered that quite a bit, and I get that. Uh, and Russ just kind of looking like a shell of his, of his former self um, has also helped that. But they really just like don't have anybody else on the roster who can do anything.
0: Hey, hey, Austin Reeves. <laughs> <This> is good.
1: <laughs> sure, if you if you want you and the other two Lakers fans yelling at us in the comments of how good Austin Reeves is, sure, sure, be my guest. But, like, Stanley Johnson coming on midseason and kind of being, like, an important piece to this team. Yeah, that's rough. And... You know, Carmelo Anthony is fine, but being an important piece to this team, it's just like I don't know. Like, let's say that the Lakers make it out of the play and they end up playing the Suns. Like, I guess the Suns are kind of scared of that team, but I also don't think they are. Like, I just don't think there's like the Grizz I, I really want the Grizzlies to play the Lakers in the first round. And I just want the Grizzlies to talk all the smack. Yeah. Um but that's not the point here. The point is that it's just shocking that a LeBron Anthony Davis team is not gonna host a playoff series.
0: And, yeah,
1: yeah. and I it just feels like the f- three of the four years that or three of the years LeBron's been in LA, it's just been a disaster.
0: Yeah, because we had the first like pre Anthony Davis year where he got hurt.
1: And then the bubble year, the the championship year.
0: Right. And then last, last year. year. And now we're in this season. So I kind of added in the slash with this one. Cause you originally, when we were getting spot ready, put Link Lakers stinking. And I added in the slash, we all hate Russ. Cause that's you know, that's the narrative now. The right. We all hate Russ,
1: right? Um, Westbrook,
0: <laughs> still a fantastic nickname. Um, I don't care. Um, I don't know, Ryan. You last time we were on, you gave a fairly passionate uh, defense of why this is not all Westbrook's fault. So, do you I mean this is you know about three weeks later? Do you still feel the same?
1: yeah i kind of do like i'm just i i kind of just don't understand why it's all of a sudden crickets on why this isn't anthony Davis' team and i know why it's crickets because he can't get on the freaking court long enough to claim it as his team you know and sure like yes it's westbrook's fault but also to a point like we all knew this is where westbrook was trending it's
0: not like all the. that's the thing i don't think everyone knew that i think you and i knew that i think certain people knew that i don't think realized it
1: yeah right i think the i I guess the twitter following of the nba not the watching the basketball games following Mm -hmm. of the nba maybe knew that um and, like, even LeBron, like, LeBron made this thing happen. He had the choice between a Buddy Hill trade and a Westbrook trade. And the choice
0: of DeMar DeRozan.
1: Right. I mean,
0: you know, it's like a sign and trade.
1: Right. For Russ. And he chose Russ, and it just hasn't played out. And I think it's, it's fair and unfair at the same time to put all of it on Russ. It's just, like, this is who he is. Like, you take the ball out of his hands, he's not a very good player. And that's been the case for most of his career, right? And that was a lot of the tension with KD going back to Oklahoma City. Um, I just don't know, like, what the Lakers were thinking they were going to get. And I don't – like, I can't blame Russ for that. Like, I can't blame a guy for being who he has been for 13 years of his career.
0: Yeah. yeah. And not – Particularly awesome at it either for the last three, right? To again be in MVP, um, and maybe that's part of it. Maybe the Russ hate all comes from a misunderstanding of what the expectation should be, and that's ultimately like what it is with him. Like, like I know the the Lakers Golden State game, tweeting a little bit about it um, live during it, like. He was actively, like, the fourth best player for the Lakers, like, in that game. Right. Like, Malik Monk and Austin Reeves were, like, pretty clearly, like, the second and third best players out there for the Lakers, like, all night. And Russ, like, doing wrong, had some good moments. And I even tweeted that, like, had some good moments. Also had, like, two late turnovers that were just awful. And I was like, "Just get out of the way, like, yeah. you know, like they don't need you to do anything right now, besides not screw this up." And when they just literally didn't have anyone else they could put out there, um, like what DJ Augustine was going to go play point, like, um, I, he's not bad. He honestly isn't bad. It's just the expectations for him are bad. Right. And makes it look even worse than trying to meet those expectations. Like, it, so the Lakers stinking to me. This is a similar topic of discussion as the Brooklyn meltdown. Of like, I can I had the Lakers high because I thought like Frank Vogel is an incredible coach, and he could get this team of just old heads to figure enough out and Westbrook like while he has his faults and everything like he got the Wizards to be decent last year even though the Wizards had honestly a better team um, than the Lakers do I I just thought like it would be enough and the West like who who really knew so many teams seemed in flux which has kind of actually stood pat Um, but Davis getting injured not all that shocking yeah can't get on the court. Uh, Russ kind of sucking. Yeah. Like we it sometimes will win you games and sometimes we'll lose you games. And this year it's just happening to lose more games. LeBron being awesome. Yeah. Nope. Like pretty much saw that one. And then the the role players like not being awesome, but giving them enough. Like Carmelo, honest to God, Carmelo was better than Russ the other night too. Um, like giving them enough, like, again, with managed expectations, though, Austin Reeves, Blake Monk with managed expectations have been good. Mm. So, like, it's not the makings of a good team in total, but like, it's stuff, I guess. So I guess I don't, I'm not shocked by this, but I, I would, I thought it was going to go the other way for the regular season. I didn't have them coming out of the West in my postseason prediction, so.
1: Yeah, and I think that's, maybe that's it, is that, like, really without Malik Monk, this situation gets even worse for the Lakers, and that really is
0: a disaster, to be honest.
1: Yeah, and I I just don't, like, I I don't want to feel bad for everyone involved, because they're making money to play basketball, but I certainly do like I know it's not comfortable in that locker room right now. So I also kind of think that I don't I don't take shots at LeBron casually. I think LeBron's been very mentally disengaged for large parts of the season and understandably to a point, but like your team's on the verge of like not making the play, you know? And like, at some point, you just have to figure out this rest thing, and you kind of just have to tell your coach, like, listen, we got to bench this guy, or we got to bring him off the bench or something, yeah. and, like, Vogel's kind of benched him, but not really at the same time.
0: needs to be, like, how some of those coaches would, like, they start a guy, but then he only plays, like, 18 minutes. Yeah, right. So started to, like, establish a, a tone for the beginning of the game. Then he ends up playing like four, maybe five minutes a quarter.
1: Right. Like that. Uh, yeah. That, that, I guess that's it for the Lakers, but yeah, it's just uh, to me, that whole situation is kind of just how it's unfolded is just kind of shocking still. Yeah.
0: Were there, we both, we both did our, our five. Um, were there any others in consideration for you or, or you feel like you, you secured the ones you needed to secure.
1: I debated about the center position making a comeback. Um, it, we essentially had all but written off that position a couple seasons ago. And then it's just kind of come back to life this season. I feel like with a bunch of different talented centers.
0: Our Our one caveat though has always been. With skill. Not, yeah. Skilled centers are not being phased out of the league. Just the big guys who best skills being big are being phased out of the league. And so Giannis, MB, Jokic, again, I some people don't like to call Giannis a center, but whatever. Like all incredibly skilled. So there's that. But um the one I had still left on my draft board for consideration here was the Kristaps trade. And it was a similar line of thinking of the CJ trade of like. This is when you decide to do it. Again, I'm not even saying it's bad trade. And Spencer Dinwiddie has looked very good in Dallas um, since he traded there. But I I was kind of like, this, this is when you're doing the trade? This is what you're doing it for? Like, hmm, what do you know or think you know, you know, about Luca mm. and your season and everything? So that that was the one last one on the, you know, draft
1: board. Uh, draftable that was another gasp at your phone situation yes. yeah like what uh, all the
0: rest were in the realm of like possibility for me
1: like zion the zion thing was weird right like that that whole thing and now it's march and we ha- he's just getting back to the team
0: but like, if you have told me coming to the like, his weight's gonna be a problem for him getting on the court, like yeah, 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 wouldn't have been shocked. Like, yeah. Can, do we need to have a talk about like how Jared Lorenzen might need to pass him the uh, hefty
1: lefty? Woo! Like, uh, do he we need to have a conversation about Josh should have been the number one pick over Zion or?
0: No one would have said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So, like, there's a reason why a lot of these, like, aren't terribly shocking. Like, they're cool. Like, they're development, but they're not shocking either.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's some stuff like the Heat getting the one. That was always in play. Charlotte being okay is kind of an interesting one because, like, they started off red hot and then, like, mm. all of a sudden are kind of, what, under five hundred, two two games under five hundred, yeah. which yeah, is – an overtime game. Yeah. Um which is, no I Gordon mean, it's it's a young team, right? Like that's yeah. that's a part of it. It's a young they're, team. They're
0: above five hundred, but each of the last two years with Gordon Hayward, and they're significantly below five hundred the second he gets hurt.
1: Huh. I've never heard that before. Yeah, not <laughs> shocking. Uh, I think the Pistons finding their guy after like a decade out in the wild is kind of like a nice nice surprise. But we're both kind of like Cade Cunningham guys, so not also not shocking. Also,
0: yeah, I've definitely felt the need from the Couch GM Twitter account to get get Kate a, a couple more uh, notifications in there. Looks plenty athletic to me, Ryan. Well, it looks like he's holding his own just fine.
1: Yeah, I'm sure I, that guy looks just like a bust after, you know, putting up, I don't know, two triple doubles in the last couple months and
0: yes. doing everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Like making Detroit like not look bad is remarkable. He's making Marvin Bagley look maybe good.
1: Is that more of an indictment of De'Aaron Fox or is that more of a like praise for Cade kind of Cunningham?
0: that's a King's thing. Um, <laughs> the rain cloud. But also shout out Kid, like throwing him alley oops, like finding him in transition, like picking pops. Just it's it's like Marvin Bagley has never seen this much space and like had guys and a spotlight to do what he's doing now like an opportunity. So I don't know. It's probably not just Cade, but Cade's making him look good. He's helping.
1: James Wiseman being MIA. Yeah, and eh, whatever. Dude, he hasn't yeah. played
0: basketball in like four years at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of concerning. Uh, I think we're going to look back at that draft and have a bunch of red flags at it, but you know, we that's another pod for another time. Um crack my top 10 that year. For a reason. Can you imagine if LaMelo was lit? just 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 LaMelo on the Warriors right now? Just a totally different totally different vibe on that team. Anyways, Matt, anything else you want to add before we wrap up this podcast?
0: I think I'm all good. All
1: right, and you go check out my bets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, this has been fun, Matt. This has been fun. We'll have to do an- another draft on another time. We'll be back next week. Man, we're getting close to the playoffs. This thing is going to start wrapping up pretty quick, but uh, it's exciting times. It's exciting times in the NBA world. Uh, that's all we have for episode 135, and we'll see you back for episode 136.
0: Yeah.